I mean, it's a bit, it was, it was almost like you were serenading him over the internet. Technically, I was. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to Alpha Podflight, the podcast where every episode we talk to a different guest about a single issue of the comic Alpha Flight. Alpha Podflight, you said. I said Alpha Podflight. Did you? Hi, welcome to Alpha Pod Flight, the podcast where every episode we talk about a single issue of the comic Alpha Flight. This week, I'm joined by Amy. Amy, could you introduce yourself to the listeners who haven't heard you before? I'm Amy. Congratulations. <laughs> what an excellent what introduction. What can I say? <laughs> so, <laughs> hi, Amy. Welcome to the podcast. We're here to talk about... Uh, not an Alpha Flight, but a comic in which Alpha Flight... Um... Is this not an Alpha Flight? No, it's... What is, what's it? Okay, tell me which comic this is. <laughs> it's Rom... I feel like I should say Rom the Space Knight, but it just says Rom Space Knight. Rom Space Knight. Wave of Death. Number 57. I liked it. The issue isn't called Wave of Death. That's just what it says at the front. Oh. I don't I think... I feel that's a... Maybe it is. Mm. No, it's called Scenes of Destruction on Every Hand. Oh, I thought that was kind of like a subheading, you know, like in Magic Mike XSL hashtag you're welcome. I mm. thought it was like that. I don't think it is. I think that's just what it says in the front. I think Wave of Death is catchier. Well, that's why they put it on the cover. Mm. <laughs> so, just to explain the cover of Rom Space Knight <clears throat> number 57 yeah. came out in uh, the, 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 the date on the front is August mm -hmm. of 1984. I was two. I was four. Um, we can see a massive wave. Mm. Sasquatch is holding an unconscious shaman in one arm yeah. and helping up a a crouching snowbird with what the other. Yeah. And Rom is shooting the wave with his nullifier. His what now? Nullifier. That's what his gun's called. His big laser. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So it came out in August 1984. Um, Bill Mantlo was on story. Sal Buscema was on art. I've been saying Buscema for ages. Like Steve Buscemi? Yeah, but it's not as Buscema. Is it Buscema? Because yeah. I have said Sal Buscema. No, because I read in the 80s, Marvel put in the back of one of their comics like a guide to how to pronounce their creators' names. And it was well, that's Buscema. That's nice. Yeah. Interesting. Um Mel Candido did the inks. Janice Chang did the letters. It was a lady. Yep. Nice. Ben Sean did the colours. Ralph Macchio was the editor and Jim Shooter was the prime director. Jim Shooter thought a lot of himself. I've heard several of these names before. Yes, you should have. I've heard of Jim Shooter, Bill Mantlo and Sal Buscema. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so you'd have heard me talk about Sal Buscema because I like mm. him so much. Yeah. You'd Why have... do you like him so much? Because he's really good at drawing. No, no. Like, tell me more. What's good about his drawing? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I said no, no. <laughs> I've been at school all day. Um, I... No, no. <laughs> <laughs> why do I like Sal Buscema so much? Yeah. Because he is unfussy in the way that he draws. So he... there's not a lot of detail in, when he pencils. So did he not do all this detail? No, he did all... No, but what I mean is 
is that he puts in what's necessary for the story to flow and he doesn't worry about putting extra in. So, for example, here, what are we, like, four pages in? Five uh, pages in? That's... Six pages in? Yeah. So when he when it says, like, shrack and mm -hmm. there's wood exploding mm. everywhere, there's nothing behind it. That's a stylistic choice, but that's what I mean. So he's really good at making strong stylistic choices, not drawing when he doesn't have to, but drawing the right things when he does. Uh, for, is that an artistic choice, or was he clever enough to realise that he's getting paid for a certain amount of time spent? It's a combination of both. Okay. So he was, he's an amazingly talented artist, but he taught himself to draw comics because he realised that uh, if he learned, if he taught himself to draw comics quickly enough, he could make loads of money from drawing loads of comics. Mm -hmm. So at one point, he could draw five pages a day. Is that a lot? That is an immense amount. Yeah. How much could you draw in a day? I could draw one a day, but that's because I'm really, I'm not very good. I drew a really good picture of meanders today. I was bored. But you draw meanders like at least once a year. No, no, but this was really good. It was a field sketch, and I was copying a a, a picture of a meander on the river. I don't know if it's Levant or Levant. Mm. It was in Chichester anyway. <laughs> it's Levant then. Well, I know, but. It, it kind of looks French. If it was like near Nice, then maybe you'd say Levant. I know, but it just, it doesn't, it doesn't sound right. But yeah, I drew a lovely field Wouldn't sketch. Wouldn't it be like Levant? Mm. The River Levant? No, I don't think so, because that's a bit Essex. White government. I don't know what people in Chichester sound like. No, well, no. But um, all the students were like, nice work, Mrs Hopkins. So that was good. It was like the time that I drew um, some mountains trying to draw ordnance survey maps and it looked like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. So I drew a mask on it and eyes. Oh, and say we had hammer time as well. Which was, it's where I have MC Hammer, but it says stop. Reflection time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not cool, am I? No, well, because you've also got, in one of your slide decks at least, um, stop, collaborate and listen. Yeah, that's right. I, it wasn't even my idea. I nicked it off the internet. So someone else much cooler than me wanted to utilise hammer pants. Anyway. Okay. Rob and the Space Knight. Uh, and also worth saying that uh, about Bill Mantlow. Because one, okay. one of the reasons that I started Good this... Good first name. Yes, it is. Uh, it's a strong second name as well. Mantlow. Well, just because he's got a nice name. It sounds a bit like a superhero. Anyway, carry on. Um, because um, he would take over Alpha Flight from John Byrne. So he wrote he wrote Alpha Flight in this comic, but then later on, a few years on from this, he'll take over the writing duties of the Alpha Flight comic. So what's Bill Mantlow at this time, in 1984, writing on most of the time? Oh, uh, he's uh, Rom Space Knight, mm -hmm. his, his big thing. I've never heard of Rom Space Knight until this. There's many good reasons for that. <laughs> um, what are those good reasons? So, well, let's do a a quick potted history of my understanding of ROM. Okay. So, um, a toy company mm -hmm. made a doll, like mm -hmm. sort of, like girls doll size mm -hmm. that looked like ROM Space Knight. And right. they went, Marvel, we'd like to um, have a set of comics based on this toy that we've made. Oh, it was just advertising. 
Yeah. So, and, and it's not even now, like, you'll get sponsored podcasts. So, Tinder do a podcast and what? the NFL do a podcast. How can Tinder do a podcast? Like, on the, te- on the perils of Hang dating. Hang on, how do you know Tinder do a podcast? So, listen to another podcast where they say, listen mm. to what. It's because I use Tinder all the time. (laughs) And while I'm using Tinder, I'm listening to the Tinder podcast. Mm. I was teaching my students about wildfires the other day and they were talking about, and then I said, you know, you need like Tinder to start a flame. And they were all like, oh, that's where it came from. Do you think that's where it came from? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting though. Yeah. It's like Grindr probably come from people doing um, manual industrial work. <laughs> Bill Mantlow. Yeah. He. Oh no, Rom. We're talking about Rom. Mm. So, um, the the Thai company Mattel or someone just wanted a way to sell their figure. That makes me sad in a way. Yeah. So Bill yeah. Mantlow took the character um, and did a long run of comics. Like I think it's ninety six, something like that, somewhere in. Towards a hundred comics. So this one is halfway through. This is halfway through. Did you like them? They're interesting. Did some you of them like are good. Them? Some I like them, but liking something isn't the same as it necessarily being good. True. Um, and so some of them are really good. Some of them aren't. But what's interesting about it is that the comic was more popular than the toy. Oh. That's a bit and of more a, successful. It's a bit of a screw you toy company. A little bit, and because the toy was crap. But it was the eighties. Yeah, but even even by eighty standards, uh, we've also covered another toy comic, which was um, Crystal the Crystal Warrior, which was them trying to rip off He Man, and they made <sighs> they tried the same trick with Crystal that they did with Rom, but it only lasted like eleven issues because it wasn't very good. Um. I hope it was eleven issues. Was there a comic of He Man? Yes, very was that successful. Before one. The, was that before the toy or after? During, when you bought a He Man toy, you'd get a comic in the back. Did I get a Did She-Ra buy... toy when I, I, I a comic know. when I bought a She-Ra? I don't toy? know if they're She-Ra comics. I had She-Ra comic books, but mm. they were like story books. Mm. But I the lost he- them all again, the so in the same way that Rom existed, the He Man comics fleshed out a lot of the backstory of He Man. Oh, okay. Um, and the master, that's really interesting. And the masters of the universe, we should say. Sorry. Um, right. So that's wrong. Bill Mantlo mm-hmm. <laughs> did this, and then he went on to do Alpha Flight. Yeah. Um, should also say, and he uh, in he did loads of comic work in the eighties, but he's doing mm. it part time as a lawyer. So he he's a lawyer he's a lawyer who is part time just churning out loads of comic scripts what sort of lawyer was he I don't know but I do know that when he decided to jack comics in finally like the day of or the week of he decided to start doing pro bono lawyer work he got hit by a car what got hit by a car in a hit and run and he's been in assisted living ever since what does that mean? Assisted living? Like he's... So he's been in hospital or a nursing home ever since. Is he okay? So he had severe brain damage. Oh my God. Uh, and his... I didn't know this was going to take such a sad turn. Well, it's worth saying because his brother recently ran a GoFundMe to pay for his medical bills. What? Mm-hmm. How old is he? He's in his 60s now. So he's not even that old. No. But his, his brother wanted to raise enough money that he could take Bill 
home to live with him. But was oh. but uh, yeah. So it's, it's it's pretty sad. It's really sad. Yeah, but he. I mean, he did loads of stuff for comics. So he created Rocket Raccoon. What from Guardians of the Galaxy? Mm-hmm. So if you if you watch Guardians of the Galaxy, it says Rocket Raccoon created like by Bill Bentner. Is he well respected? He did good and bad. So okay. in Alpha Flight terms, he. Uh, as he as his run continued, it started off a really weird but good horror comic. Okay. He turned a superhero comic into a horror comic. There's loads yeah. of weird stuff in it. Yeah. And then gradually, uh, depending on who you listen to, he sort of just like ran out of ideas and was just like every week he'd just come up with a new thing and a new thing and a new thing and didn't have an arc planned out. Is that because, like... Obviously now, if you do comics or television, I'm sorry, that's quite bad English, but you presumably, in in the majority of cases, have a writer's room. Did they, and I assume they do that now on comics, have a group of people together. So Marvel have like a yearly conference where they go and stay in a camp and all. Did they they do that in the 80s or was it literally just him on his own? They had Jim Shooter, who was deciding the direct... So writers would pitch their ideas for the comic to Jim Shooter and he would say whether or not they could go with them. Who do you like better, Jim Shooter or Bill Mantlo? Bill Mantlo. Oh, controversial. Jim, let's talk about the comic. I'm sorry. It's we could, just really interesting. We could talk about like Marvel history for ages. Well, because we read that book, didn't we? Marvel the Untold Story, that was what I was just about to say. Yeah. If you want to learn about Jim Shooter, read Marvel the Untold Story. It was Story. really interesting. We read it to each other in the car on the way well, home from holiday. Jim Shooter started, reading, started writing comics when he was like... 13 he sent a, he sent a script into dc and they thought wow this guy's got it and they hadn't realized that he wasn't out of school yet that's like the plot of almost famous one of my favorite films where he's like a kid that mm. goes on the on tour and no one sort of believes he's a kid until they meet him yeah except that that's about rock and roll and taking drugs and being hedonistic whereas it's just about rock and roll gareth it's about the love of music what's that bit where he's on the roof and shouts i'm a golden god he was on drugs but that's just him on but that's not the point of the story the point of the story is to love something so passionately well that's like comics except yeah. that everyone is a horrendous geek in comics or in music? In comics. I think they're the. I think, I think geek is a relative term, isn't it? Yeah. I'm a geography nerd, mm. geek, but only because I get really excited about stupid things that people that aren't interested in the natural world or the processes of the natural world. And let's face it, that's stupid to not be interested. Mm. In my view, that is a bit nerdy, and everyone in my family hates me for it. So, I hate you. Just well, you know, bored of it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, why? I don't understand that personally. Because <laughs> you think you're really interesting. No, no, it's not. I think I'm interesting. I don't know how you can look at a giant mountain and not go, "Christ, look at that giant mountain! How the hell did that get there?" Yeah, everyone does that. Someone, and then te- you tell them. <laughs> Someone teach me. And it's... then you go, well. A hundred thousand years ago, there's a thing called a glacier. <laughs> That's not how I say it. But anyway, <laughs> say it every time. Well, anyway, <laughs> let's talk about the comic now because I'm annoyed. Let's talk about the comic. So, um, tell me what happens in the comic. Oh. Well, there is a town mm-hmm. and a mining company exploited it. It was called Beaver Falls. Now, I'm pretty sure there's a television program called Beaver Falls or something to do with Beaver Falls. More frequently, more recently. And the coal is all polluting the river Mm -hmm. and all the chemicals are polluting the river and the miners' lungs. 
and eventually um, the mines are sort of running low and the environment is just completely being exploited and the town is stagnated, it's really filthy and the lake waters were black and lifeless until the coming of the dire wraiths. Yeah, so we don't, no, don't ever actually see the dire wraiths in this yeah, issue. That's what we're confused about. Other than that, for me, this is a story of... No, this, it is. This, this could be played out in in a in a in a in a any kind of natural disaster. It's an ecological warning story. Yeah, yeah. and actually, it's that at the moment in the current climate mm-hmm. is actually very topical. Yeah, and actually today we talked about in geography we talked about um, climate change and the impact of deforestation and the impact of more people trying to live in areas they haven't previously lived before and how they're affecting the environment. We talked about the tsunamis, various ones around the world. We talked about um, the... Oh, we talked about um, the like ExxonMobil mm. and Deepwater Horizon. Like, we often end up talking now because it's such a strange political climate about all of the sort of frightening things happening in the world, mm. which is interesting because this... It's a really good story, actually, because it fits in... Yeah. So there's corporate greed. There's yeah. There's disregard for the environment. Completely. There's complete... There's allowing a uh, town to economically fail and the people there to become depraved to a certain extent. Well, that's the thing with things like climate change. It all goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Yeah. If If one thing starts going badly, like... You know, like we cut down too many trees and then that means that there's not enough rainfall and then that means there's not enough humidity and then that means that the crops don't grow and Mm. that means that people can't live there anymore. So then people are pushed to the fringes and they've lost their native lands and they're bitter and angry about Mm. that. And then the situation just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. But the bit I was trying to get to was that on top of that, you add in magic using aliens who are evil from another (laughs) another world, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, That's what always happens, isn't it? In a disaster. Yeah. And so what they do in the issue previous to this is start off, they like magic up the lake to make it do a flood. Good English, Thank by you. the way. I mean, you're one of the most literate people I know, so that little sentence was bananas. Um, so sorry, they magic up the lake? Yeah, they, they do something to the lake to make it to uh, break the reservoir so that it's going to Do you mean float. break the dam? The reservoir is the lake behind the dam. That's exactly what I mean. Congratulations, <laughs> you passed the test. <laughs> <laughs> so they've done some sort of evil magic. Mm. They pilot their spaceships by casting spells. This is the diorates. The diorates. Okay. Diorates are Rom's mortal enemy. Okay. He has, been, he has sacrificed his... He's an alien, but his humanity has become a robot knight, which will defeat the diorites. Hang on, he's an alien, but he sacrifices humanity. Well, you mean he sacrifices kind of what what some some he's comics say, like he's, he's his soul. an alien who looked a lot like a human. And what's interesting about him is he's quite unemotional, and mm-hmm. I assume that's because he's lost his soul slash humanity. Yeah, because at one point he's like. He, he talks about people as if he really couldn't give a monkeys about them, which does make me wonder what he's even doing here. Uh, no, so is Rom it? is very noble. He saves everyone, but at the same time... He so, doesn't save everyone. Well, you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's trying, but then he says... Right at the end, he says something like... Oh, where is it? 
Someone says we're better off dead, and he's like, "Oh, Snow, where? Uh, what of the dead, Rom? They're the lucky ones, human." It sounds a bit bleak, isn't it? That's at the end. So hang on, that's the end of the comic. Oh, sorry. What happens in the rest of it? Well, just you can say like a one sentence description of what happens in the comic. Well, is easier. the dam bursts, mm-hmm. and the polluted waters are going to flood the town. Mm-hmm. And the superheroes try to stop it flooding the town, but it floods the town anyway. Yeah. Even though they're trying really, really hard, bless mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And Sasquatch builds a wall, I think. Yep. Yeah, of, of logs. Yep. Which, to be honest, isn't the greatest hard says, engineering strategy. He says, I'll try, but it'll be going to... But it's going It'll to be like... It'll be like spitting like... into a strong wind. Yeah. So, so on, he yeah. knows that even though he's trying it, it's not going to work. Yes, and then Shaman, he just hovers and tries to... He doesn't just hover. Well, he's hovering. He's hovering here because he's about to cast a spell where he throws some seeds into the ground, which makes a massive magic hedge appear. Yes, but again, water on a hedge. I mean, what they really should have done was construct a concrete wall in a curved shape so that it would rebound off it. Well, that's dodgy because you wouldn't want to do that on an actual coast. Shamans don't have concrete powers. They've got plant powers. Well, this is where they've gone wrong. He's not the right person for the job. Basically. Shaman's never the right person for the job. Oh, isn't he? No, 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 no. I mean, I have to say, Sasquatch and Shaman make a lovely couple in here, though. Well, the sound effect is from. So this is uh, Shaman has his hedge fails. When it fails, the spell breaks and it knocks him unconscious, and he falls out of the sky into Sasquatch's waiting arms hmm. with a frump. And he stays there for quite a long time. It's yeah. quite romantic, really. Look. Yeah. And then what does Marina try? Oh, now, Marina, now, this is interesting, actually, because, obviously, this, this again, this is where it reminded me of an oil spill, mm. like ExxonMobil or something like that. So, she... I don't really know much about her, but she's, she's got webbed hands, and she kind of looks like a fish. Yeah. So, I see... And she goes into the water, and she's trying to uh, clean the water of all the pollution... She's quite revolted, um, and then she tries, but she's um, flung out of the water, and again, um, but it, but again, the narrator like in these little boxes, mm. these I don't know what that's Capsules, for, yeah. but um, they sort of they sort of push the story forwards. But it's very interesting because um, it kind of speaks to the fact that once these once the damage is done it's very difficult yeah doesn't matter whether it's a person or nature like there's this whole idea of the Gaia hypothesis that I've told you about before mm-hmm. and James Lovelock and um, some other scientists and um, Carl Sagan and people like that were all involved in coming up with this idea that the earth is this um, an organism not an organism necessarily but like a self-regulating system mm-hmm. which is completely i feel a valid argument and the earth will kind of manage itself but it's when we kind of interfere and push things past their sort of threshold of mm. return that things go wrong and yeah. then it's really hard for us to save them and this like double page spread of marina kind of reminds me of that because she's trying really hard and She's revolt. She's revolted by it at first, and then she she tries to think of all the the, the people that are going to be affected, and then she tries to um, tw- 
twist like a corkscrew to whip up the water mm. to try and, I guess, remove the blackness from the water well, as a in, spout. In Alpha Flight number one, she caught, she makes a water spout as a weapon. So yes. she's retrying that same trick to redirect the water. But it doesn't work. And again, it's kind of that futility, isn't it, that we mm. all face, you know, the Japanese tsunami when the when Fukushima was melting down and things like that. You know, there's all these things that people then try and... We all try and fix it, but it's sort of past the point of no return by then. Mm. Then Sasquatch's wall breaks. Breaks, his and they get wall. they all get washed away, and town gets washed away with them. Yeah, it's very sad. Mm. And then... Um, What's this lady called? Snowbird. Snowbird. She's good. She turns into a polar bear at one point, which I'm not... That's her power. She can turn into the animals of Canada. <laughs> right. I don't know if a polar bear is the right animal for this. At a certain point in Snowbird's character development, yeah. the writers weren't very imaginative about what animals they could change her into. So she changes mostly into a polar bear or an owl. Hmm. Later on, she turns into a massive dinosaur or a whale. Or a dinosaur, that they classic found, native... They found dinosaurs in Canada. So no, I'm sure, they, I'm sure they did, but... Yeah. I mean, when I think of Canada, I would think of, like, like deer or She does turn moose, into a deer at one point. Bears? Not polar bears, necessarily. turns into a goat at one point. A goat, that famous Canadian animal. I'm sure. I'm sure there are goats, but like Canada's like a country of the prairies as well. So mm. again, I would think of herd animals. Mm. On a, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. My she my could, biology isn't great I, about. I haven't seen her turn into a moose. It's a shame, but um, yeah, I, yeah. But, but she, yeah, so she turns into a bear, okay. which is which is pointless. I think she turns do, from an owl into a bear. Yeah, do polar bears even? Oh, they do swim, of course they do. That's yeah. a stupid thing to say. But, but yes. yeah, so she drags some kids to safety. I suppose they, the north of Canada is in the Arctic, so it makes sense she's not, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so some kids get saved, which is nice. Yeah. And then it cuts to sort of Sasquatch, and he's on a roof. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so he pulls some people... So basically they do what they can, they just ride out the yes. flood. And yeah. this picture reminds me of the film The Day That Two Worlds Collided, or The... When two worlds collided, because and this is why I always remember this scene. There's a kid on sitting on the roof with asthma. Mm. Yeah, and uh, the world is coming to an end because these the two planets are colliding, and they come and rescue him. Okay. Yeah. So that's Sasquatch on top it's of the roof. Oh, and he takes a telegraph pole and uses it as like a punting stick. Yeah. To to guide the roof along. Um, I don't know if that. Mm. It probably wouldn't. Work. No, no. I mean, again, in tsunamis, there is footage of like actual whole buildings or sort of floating for a, mm. and being pushed. But of course, they break apart eventually. Yeah. So, and if you've got a Sasquatch on top of it, I feel it's more likely to break apart sooner. But it is really clever, and this is what I quite like about. There's a. I noticed this in lots of comics. There's always these little bits that are quite quirky. Mm. Like I like how the foot. The, the sort of ladder part of the telegraph pole catches Sasquatch. Yeah. That's quite clever. Uh, Charmin, yeah. Sorry, Charmin. No, sorry. Yeah. And then Roman Starlight. Is it Starlight? Is that her name? Isn't that Marina? No. The, the yellow one is Rom's pal Starlight. He says her name. There she is. He says, but he says use your power in a minute. Uh, yeah, here we go. Starshine. Starshine. So, uh, 
Yeah, so Starshine and Rom come swoop down because they can fly and they, they um, carry some more villagers out of the flood. Oh, it's very sad. It is very sad. And then look. Um, Shaman does some medicine to save him. Oh, is that what you Oh, yeah. yes. Um, Marina looks quite old in that drawing. I think, it's, I think it's the way it's been shaded. Yeah. There's a rule in drawing is that every line you add to a lady's face adds a year to her. Wow, I think that's true. So, and they've put lots of lines on her. But it's because she's, she's knackered out. I love this guy's mullet as well. Uh, yeah. Well, they're all washed out, aren't they? Whatever haircut they had. If it was a perm, it'd be ruined. Amazing. It is the 80s. Um, but yeah, so this is where, um, is this where the guy has a go at them? One of the, vi- one of the villagers just says, uh, were you trying to save us? Because it was rubbish. Is that here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, save the town. Is that what you're trying to what your heroes were here to do? What happened then? Why don't you do something? And then and but he, this is this is again what's so good about this is where it's a good commentary. Like if I was an eight year old kid, I mean what age are these aimed at? Uh it's probably aimed eight to fifteen. Like quite broad, but as adults would have been really Yeah, eight well. to fifteen slash forty five. Okay. Yeah. But it is if if you were if I was a teacher then I mean I'm a teacher now so I could bring this in now but these are really good for teaching young people about the problems in the world mm. you know and because uh, it is really there is a lot of futility to a lot of mm. the stuff going on in the world now you know like I know the students at my school are very obsessed with Donald Trump and very obsessed with what's going to happen and blah 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 yeah and actually you sort of have to say to them well what happens happens, you know, mm. because and you you can't solve it. You can only you can only solve the bits of the world that are you're affecting, sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah. They say um, so in the argument. It's like man in his madness polluted the lake. The brackish water, black waters, carried the wraith taint with them. Do you know what brackish means? Mm, tell me. Slightly salty. Oh, okay. So it's not completely saline, it's a bit so like brackish waters. Mm. Half salty sort of thing. Um, and now, even now, that taint seeps into the soil and washes into every tributary downstream. Nice mm-hmm. geography language. Carrying its evil with it. Why didn't we do something, says um, Rom. Rom. Uh, gods of Galadol, we did. Yeah. But it's, it's sad, isn't it? Because I suppose for him... And for any other aliens looking at us, mm. it is quite a tragic picture. We destroy things and then we go, save us, save us from this disaster. Yeah, so there's two sides to the tragedy. One is that it's it was human started. Mm. So humans trying to get rich off the resources of the land and not taking care of it started the problem. Yeah. And, and the comic is pretty clear that it wasn't the superhero's job to save the environment. No. So it, it's got a line in there somewhere, like you can't rely on superheroes. Yeah, it does. No, it does, and it's quite. A, there's a lot of moral messages, mm. and they're they're obvious. Is Rom quite a moral character? Yeah. So Rom is the most. Oh, what's the word? I had it earlier. I actually used the word that I was looking for. Um, he is. Uh, he's like the most noble. Yeah, of the space nice. yeah. yeah. So he's all about saving people. He's all about ridding the uh, universe of dire wraiths. Yeah. But at one point, like, at one point he, they beat the dire wraiths. But then he doesn't, like, go on a mission to kill the rest of them. He's like, we've won. 
Let's be compassionate. If only Daenerys had thought that. If only. But she, the bells sent her mental. Um, but sorry, the other side of it is that yeah. the comic starts with, oh no, this is an impossible task. Let's fight it. We'll either win or die trying. And that's the start of loads of comics. Mm. And at the end, they've won. Yeah. But this is, I don't know if it's unique, but it's certainly rare that they absolutely fail. Everything they throw at this flood fluffs it. They don't stand a chance. No. But they fail, but they kind of win because they tried. If you see what I mean. So the the flood that they were trying to stop from spreading, so all the, the, the dire wraith magic has seeped into the land and spread out across Canada. Oh, no, I don't mean they've won in any literal way, but I think the whole point Nobody, is you've got to try, haven't you? Yeah, they try, but they tried their absolute damnedest. The, the town has been washed away. All those people are homeless. Nobody appreciates them trying to save them because that guy just like has a go at them. Yeah. Um, and... They feel worthless at the end of it. They just feel lucky to have survived, which is which is rare. But more of a truth. truer to life, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and kids need to know that. In mm. a, they need to know in a in a way that still doesn't make them really depressed. Yeah, I think they need to know that. Yeah, and so uh, this is. I really love this comic. I think, it, and that's why I wanted. To, to share it with you because I like it so much. Um, part... That's very sweet. Thanks. Um, I didn't want to give you a rubbish one because I don't think it's, it's fair. Thanks. Um, so coming back to Salbusema and oh, his yeah. drawing, um, one of the things that's really interesting about this comic is that um, the time it was made, that the way that you would uh, you'd fill a comic with stuff. Yeah. So you'd have. Uh, six or more panels a page. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they'd be it would be very wordy. And it starts off like that. Um, but there are sections here, such as when the flood breaks. So you mentioned before, there's three actual panels, uh, and then ROM is sort of... Uh, but they're quite small on the page. Yeah. And then ROM is in the negative space left by that, which sort of, like, as a as a technique, shows that he's outmatched he's small in comparison to his environment so the, the amount of negatives he no I get it I just yeah. hadn't, I wouldn't think of that that's amazing and then on the next page you've got three big panels of um, in the first one it's a vertical panel with Starshine and Rom at the bottom and nothing but water above them yeah the next one is them just being washed away again it's nothing but water and then the, the bottom one is like a long shot, but again, it's like nothing but the flood. Is it a conscious choice to have the first panel overlapping the other two? Uh, yeah, it's definitely conscious um, th- because, uh, and this is just me reading it and describing my reading, if you you can still sense the, the panels which overlap, you can still sense the amount of water in those. So if, it, if he'd cut it here... It would be that much water. No, oh, I get it, yeah. Whereas because he's overlapped it, it's yeah. all of that water. It's got a grander scale. Yeah, and and so that that flooding happens there. And then um, when Sasquatch's dam breaks, so there's this big half a page of 
flood with just Marina stood in front of it. Yeah. Um, and then you've got that sequence where Marina things, and then you've just got this amazing like double page spread, three panels across two pages <clears throat> of just like everything being washed Carnage. away. Yeah. yeah. With him in the middle. With Sasquatch in the middle, uh, but him being pushed helplessly outside of the panels, so he's got no agency in the story anymore. So, right. So I know you obviously do art that is in panels. Mm. Are the panels? So they're not arbitrary boxes there. No, and that's why. So come back to Salva Summit, That's why I like him because although on the surface he seems workmanlike because he just churns out pages. He's got this real strong sense of how to use the language of comics to further the story, doing things like this. So it's almost like, I mean, I don't know, but I'm, it sounds to me like it's like a stage direction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but using it, and it's the same as... Just in with, a different way. It's the same as like, um, uh, photography in a, in a film and cinematography. Um except that in cinematography you're using the language of film yeah. and in comics using the language of comics. Um, it's interesting. The other thing I've just I've noticed as we've been reading is that um, Claire Napier, who's been on the podcast before, um, she's talking today about, um, she'd been reading some comics recently and noticed how often horizontal panels were occurring. Okay. And um, the the general conversation around that was that it was introduced in the 90s because people were getting used to cinema and framing oh, I see. comics widescreen. as widescreen. Right. But this is before that. Yeah. This is a long time before that. Yeah. yeah, this is 84. And I think, and it happens a lot, so you'll get whole pages where the 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 rhythm is like created by horizontal panels. But what the effect of them is is that they're constantly pushing the page downwards. Mm. Um, oh, so you'll get smaller panels at the top and the, then bigger ones at yeah. the bottom. So you get this weight feeling going through. It's, and that's surely a perspective thing. So you can you feel like you're moving through the space. Yeah. And like I would assume that horizontal panels are a very sensible choice because they sh- they they give a feeling of largeness that's a terrible word no I, but you know what i mean I like what you mean. the vertical panel is good for like this water spout and things like that but it mm. doesn't have the same impact as that one no but what's that so, one showing sorry uh that's marina Her diving, diving into in. the water um but you can I see like all the background color choices by the way as well yeah but you can see um looking at the bottom of this page of page 12 you've got three horizontal ones at the top and then three vertical ones at the bottom because you can see that she's swimming against the page. Yeah, and I I assumed as well that's because you want her it to look like a kind of a claustrophobia. Mm. And I like how her arm is reaching outside of the yeah. box because again it's like you're trying to you're she's trying searching, to, yeah. Um, climb out. Mm. Yeah. Um I actually really like comic that I, when I was a teenager I wouldn't have read comics mm. because of the era we grew up in, I think, and mm-hmm. The people I hang out with, and I was always desperate to fit in. Mm. But actually, as an adult, I don't, I can't, I can read some, but I can't get hooked on them the way I can get hooked on books. But every time I read a comic, I'm always really fascinated by them as an, I don't want to sound pretentious, but like as an art form, because I think. They are art form. Yeah, there's more. 
there's more art gone into them than than you might think. And even if one particular comic hasn't had any conscious decisions, like they've copied someone else's style or something, that mm. style at some point will have come out of a thought about perspective and scale and grandeur and happy or sad or strength or weakness or love or hate. And yeah. I mean, sometimes they're a bit hokey. Well, yeah. I mean, word? Like they're, bit... they're like any other medium in that you'll get highs and lows of the medium. Yeah. And you'll get stuff which is um, produced mass market and you'll get stuff which is produced for particular audiences. Yeah, and sometimes you really notice... I don't notice... And this is what, another thing I think is quite good about this particular comic, mm. episode, comic, whatever you think of it as, mm. is that I don't notice any of the tropes that the first one we reviewed that I reviewed with you. Yeah, it's about the same writer, actually. But I found a lot of the things in that one quite stereotypical mm. or, you know, of its time when there's there's less gender equality and mm. all the women were sort of walking around in tiny outfits and, you know, yeah. you know, sort of things that annoy me because, yeah. well, they annoy all women. And... Sometimes when you read other comics, the way women are portrayed in them, if they're older, and sometimes they're not actually. Sometimes they're very liberal and they're very forward thinking, but other times you sort of notice things, or you notice the way that people are drawn. They're, by that I mean their character not physically drawn is kind of more of the times they feel a bit dated mm. sometimes. Yeah. But this one I don't think does. Maybe, but I wondered if that's because the issue it's about is so current. Um, there isn't. Other than the style of comic, and also Sal Buscema's drawing has a dated quality to it because of the time it was coming But again, out. you know that how everything comes round? I don't think it does feel dated now. Look, but I'm looking um, at it fresh. Yeah, so maybe uh, maybe that's it. Um, the style of the drawing isn't the style of drawing that you get in comics nowadays. What do you get now? Uh, everything's more polished. It's closer to real... It's difficult to say, right? Because because there are different levels of yeah, there's different types of comics. And obviously, I've only read things like that French thing Martha reads and <laughs> oh, that, that was just screencaps of the TV what, program. What about my Buffy ones? What what? They're they're more um, yeah, so they're more representative of how comics are made today. They're quite polished. They're not photorealistic, but they're they're not as cartoony. Of, yeah, cartoony is a scale. They're down yeah. on it. And that's more prevalent now. But it's difficult to say things like that because also one of the most popular comics at the moment is Squirrel Girl, which is very cartoony. And very, like, it's a Bill Reed Squirrel Girl. Mm, yeah. Um, so it's difficult to, to make the judgment. Well, but... it's also difficult in terms of what style you prefer because it's like computer games isn't it it must be my age but sometimes now when i play computer games with bill they're just not as fun as they were years ago when they were mm. more two-dimensional mm. it's like so many things like the the old grand theft auto that was more the two-dimensional and yeah and sim city and and like levels games like when I used to play Turtles and when I used to play the original Mario and I know that's me being really old and fuddy-duddy but I don't know I found them more fun than I do now they feel very serious now and uh yeah and effort... I'd, I'd say that's the same for comics yeah do you there need is to be worthy yeah 
there is a there, there is a need to be taken seriously now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where uh, yeah, so and this, this comic has a serious message, but it's not worth. No, what am I trying to say? No, I get what you're trying to say entirely. It's 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 got a very serious it's, message, it's, but it's not pretentious. It's not pretentious. I mean, the the characters talk in pretentious ways. So they they talk in that in superhero language. That's what I was gonna say. It doesn't feel like they're being knobby. It feels like the writers have decided this is how superheroes should talk. Very worthy. Yeah, and in some cases, as an Alpha Flight fan, it sort of like rankles a little bit. So the way that Sasquatch talks in some just some balloons isn't Sasquatch's voice. It's a it's like. Uh, you know, in the film Ant Man, I do know film when Louis Louis gives his version of is that how is it's Louis? Sure. What? How would you say? It? I don't know. You know the character I'm talking about. I know, about, yeah. And he, Michael Pena. Yeah, and he gives his he tells a Cena? story. Cena. No, it's not Michael Pena? Cena. Michael Cena's Cena is the WWF guy. That's oh. John Cena. Wow. We know that guy, the person. And he's he te- really funny. He's really funny. He tells a story, but as he's telling the story, the people mouth his words, right? <laughs> so that it's the narrator's language yeah. which comes out of the character. Oh, you mean Ant Man and the Wasp? That is in it. And Ant Man as well. He does the same thing in Ant Man. Does he? Oh. Yeah. He's talking about his cousin and. It's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. But they do the same thing here. So when Sasquatch talks, it's the narrator's voice coming out of Sasquatch rather than Sasquatch's voice. But because you can't see that happening because it's not a film. And it's not on purpose. It's just like, uh, what does he... What? There's just something here that just got under my skin. Uh, we can do nothing. The lake is a mere ten miles from the town. The flood will be here in minutes. And that's not how Sasquatch talks. Sasquatch yeah. is a jock on campus. who's very clever. But he wouldn't talk in that fusty precise way yeah um you get what you're saying so he wouldn't say we can do nothing he'd say we can't Sorry. do anything yeah uh and so that yeah it's a bit lo- lofty mm. his guide is above his station <laughs> <laughs> do you like do you like this one overall this comic yeah yeah i really like it i like it too yeah i could read it again <laughs> good so was there anything because so the two questions I ask are what did you really like about it which I think we sort of covered yeah what you like about it. I like yeah was there anything you didn't like about it well to be honest it's nothing to do with the the things I don't like about it are like their solutions are terrible for how to stop a a flood I mean a, they've a got all tsunami, these tsunami yeah a tsunami they've got these they, well, they've got it's all these. Not technically tsunami, but yeah, yeah. I, uh, tsunami is Japanese for big wave. I think you've you're fine, but like honestly, what the hell? They're they're these people of magical superpowers. The best they can come up with is some is logs a and a hedge, <laughs> yeah. a really well, crap hedge. Is... And while he's just scooting around in the air on his bum, I mean, <laughs> I mean honestly, if if I had to dislike a character in this episode, this comic, it's him. <laughs> shaman. Shaman. Because he does a shaman. He's just pointless. I mean, he could have just... So it's, like, it's, it's something that I have identified and noticed frequently. And 
I've coined the term doing a shaman. I say coined the term, nobody else uses it. It's just me, but I use it all the time. Sure. Um, you really are a trendsetter. <laughs> yeah. A tastemaker. So he does a shaman, which is, he's always like, I am the wise shaman. I know the ways of nature. I've studied for 20 years to become this magical superhero. The uh, I am so wise and I've done this thing now and it's gone totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and it just happens all the time. Well, yeah, because like in this picture here, in this panel, what he really should have done was just zoomed away. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of <laughs> sending his seeds towards the flood, yeah, it's gone the other way. Well, all that's going to happen is he's going to pass out and end up in Sasquatch's arms. I mean, yeah. it's utterly ridiculous. So that's what I don't like about it. All the other characters I'm on board with. Um, well, I he's mean, got lovely hair. But for I'm... instance, okay, so in a similar vein, Snowbird, um, she turns into a polar bear to save. Oh well, yes, kids. that is true. She could have turned into a marine animal. Yeah. Better suited to a narwhal. Yeah. Is that that surely because Buddy the elf goes past one on his way uh, down from the Arctic? They're definitely northern cold water. Well, there you go. For goodness sake. She turns into a whale at another point. I don't know the way they've drawn her womanly figure either. It's interesting. So Why the... do her breasts go in completely different directions here? So, the bras. <laughs> That's how bras work. Uh, no. Is what... it? <laughs> the reason I say it's interesting is because for the listeners, this is the second time we've tried to record this. We tried to record it once last summer. Yeah. Uh, but the recording was terrible. But you said the exact same thing. Did there. I? And this, it annoyed that me. is the only thing that you said the same. <laughs> <laughs> but I get really annoyed when women are represented badly. Yeah. I think it's because I teach in an all-girls school. So I spend a lot of time talking about the role of women in media, in mm. politics and everything. And it just really winds me up where they draw women as like... I mean, they don't do it in this comic where they draw women as, as, as like subservient or wimpy or... Yeah just there to look pretty they draw them in silly skimpy outfits but it does also annoy me when they draw them just strangely because it's almost like that's only a woman who's going to notice do you know what I mean that's what it often feels to me and I think that's why I like things like Buffy because I think it's maybe I don't know. Some things about it, I suppose, are a bit... I don't know. Mm. But I think there's lots of good female characters out there. I mean, She-Ra as well. If you're a superhero, why are you walking around in high high heels? This is where Buffy was silly as well. She used to mm. run around in high heels. And then you see her stunt double in a pair of Caterpillar boots. Yeah. It was just silly. And But then She-Ra was created by gay men. I mean, she like, is a they, diva. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, it dep- like, so the stories that I've read... Of, how Shira was created was in the studio it was like uh so like they were just like trying to see what they could get away with that's why Bo has his costume with the heart and the bear midriff uh, and the moustache the moustache is terrible and why they created the, one the, of the main the characters rainbow. Is, no is it a waterfall <laughs> it's a waterfall <laughs> <laughs> why does it matter they're gay though what's that well, because uh, the reason why it became important is that when Shira has been rebooted by a, it's on Netflix, you obviously haven't seen it. I have seen Shira on Netflix, but I've kind of blown past it because Martha doesn't want to watch it. Yeah, she's not fast. Right. Um, but there was a big outcry from man babies saying, "Oh, she's not sexy anymore." 
Um, because apparently everybody always loved She-Ra. I loved her. No, you did. But most men didn't. Very um, threatening men. finger. <laughs> that's <laughs> point at me. Um, fandoms around She-Ra weren't particularly vocal until they redesigned her to be less sexualized um, um, and also uh, Noelle Stevenson who did the redesigns is a lesbian woman so loads of men were just suddenly like I can't believe lesbians are coming in ruining all our stuff and it's like it do people really stuff. say that yes this is why I'm not on Twitter yeah loads of them it it's such a weird thing to think like what does it matter yeah yeah She's not that sexualised anymore because she shouldn't have been sexualised in the first place. Yeah. But then He-Man was quite yeah. super he, muscly, he was shirtless. Yeah. It was ridiculous. But then He's again, He-Man. <laughs> I know it was a product of the time, though. Again, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a diff- It was that time when everything was quite sexualised anyway. Uh, like if you think about well, if you think about at films on te- films and television at the time, well, they always had to have a sex scene in, which we we don't have to have anymore. No, and women were always always dressed very made up, and mm. I don't know. I I think women are portrayed differently now. I think it's interesting that you've picked Snowbird out for that because in the com- although her she's in, she's not got any skin on show than her face. No. Um, and she's always been portrayed. She's not a weak cat. In this, she's sort of a bit weak, but that's only in, is so. in the face of what she's yeah. But she's very proud. She regards mortals as pointless. Um, and she's superior to everybody. And that's how she's handled, in, at least when John Byrne was writing her. Well, you can be superior, but do you have to be superior in a skin-tight cat suit? Uh, probably not. No. Because I just I mean, think... I'm superior, but I don't wear a skin tight suit. No. But then you don't run the risk of camel toe like women do. <laughs> Depends how tight that catsuit is. <laughs> um... But yeah, I, I liked it overall. I thought it was yeah. really good. But um, yeah. Sorry. Uh, and oh, go on. I do just the one thing about the writing. Oh, go on. And about the, uh, because it's got this of uh, the, the narrator's voice throughout, it has. and we've discussed it earlier, and it's coming out of Sasquatch. There's just this sequence here which just caught my eye, and I really liked. It's the bit where it's, uh, Snowbird turns into polar bear and splashes into the water, yeah. and there's some kids about to drown, and it says in captions, "The children are in shock, too stunned to question their rescue by an awesome Arctic polar bear." <laughs> For Good others. For others, the miracle of their survival will be owed to a shaggy man monster. I did wonder about that. The shaggy man monster. Yeah. Um, I suppose they're just putting their gaze into the children's gaze. You shouldn't put gaze into children's gaze. <laughs> no, the narrator is looking through the eyes of the children. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, That's it's what, just... You would think it was a shaggy man monster if it came yeah, out Yeah, there is that. But also, it's also like that the sort of comics thing of not using the same description for something twice so no, we call just, it a uh, man monster oh, I just thought monster. that was quite indicative of the children because like you would think a polar bear was awesome as well if you were ten. Oh, it doesn't mean awesome as in wow man awesome it means awesome as in look at that awesome mountain it has created awe in me that, oh, that is that how sort boring. of awesome yeah. but anyway 
Can we talk about the adverts in there now? Yeah, what adverts do we talk about? First of all, I like the colour in the Oreos, because obviously in 84 <laughs> I didn't know Oreos existed. Okay. Where's that? Yeah, look at that, look. Okay. There's a lamp made out of Oreos, a table made out of Oreos, a record player made out of Oreos, a cat with Oreos for eyes. Amazing. Yeah. Can you imagine if our children came downstairs and found the entire room made of Oreos? They'd wet themselves with joy. <laughs> There's so good adverts. There's a lot of adverts in this comic, I have to say. I don't yeah, know if I like they, that. There used to be loads of adverts. Chocolate Cookie Crisp, portrayed uh, as the Hulk's favourite cereal. Mm-hmm. Then there's the usual, how much are your comics worth? Cool, blah, blah, blah. Somebody told me today, so um, at the end of the day, most people had left the office. Yeah. And I went into my locker to get some comics out of it. So I've got of course. Some comics in my locker. You're so cool. Yeah. And this, this woman who's quite new walked past me, and she, so she doesn't know what I'm like yet. And she's like, oh, wow, are those, that's a lot of comic books. I was like, this is not a lot of comic books. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, Wow. I bet those are worth loads of money. I was like, no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a good advert for something called Task Force, which to me kind of looks like battleships. But maybe it's a bit more freewheeling. There's the bulletin where Jim Shooter mm. uh, comments on things. Yeah. Um, I read it last year, but I'll be honest, I can't remember. And then at the end, you can get a bonus certificate from Marvel. Uh, which I don't, I don't know what it's for, but I, I like the idea you can select what you want your bonus certificate to be certificating. Yeah, it's not a certificate. I know it's not, but it should be. <laughs> it's a, it's a voucher. I know, shush. No, it's a certificate. So you can order the comics if they've got on the no, list. No, that's not, that's not it at all. You get a certificate that says, "Well done, you have read the Fantastic Four or Star Wars." Diverse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. It's weird how few comics there were out here. That seems like quite a lot. Compared to nowadays, it's it's not a lot. Oh, look, there's the Defenders. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange. But Defenders... G.I. Is... Joe, is that a Marvel comic? Again, it's a toy tie-in. Defenders there doesn't mean Jessica Jones and uh, Luke Cage. I know, because they weren't Defenders in the comics, sorry, I'm no. yawning. Yeah, Old Defenders is much better. Well, again, that programme would have been better if it wasn't so formulaic. I don't know why we always have to get to episode four before anything good happens in those series. That programme would have been much better if it was Doctor Strange, the Hulk, some flying guy who's a bit like Batman, fighting a crazy fawn, which is what happens in the comics. A fawn? Like a tiny deer? Yeah. Who's had the the brain of uh, a mad scientist put into its body because they were actually trying to steal the brain out of the Hulk to put someone else's brain in it and there's a whole like there's a bunch of baddies who've all teamed up because they're obsessed with swapping brains out okay that's super weird and a bit creepy that's the comic that's the programme they should have made no I don't think I can see why they didn't make that I like Jessica Jones Jessica Jones is fine but she's not fighting a fawn true I'm tired I'd really like you to make me a coffee (laughs) okay Thank you, Amy, for <laughs> joining me on this episode of Alpha Pod Flight. Go on, if people want to find you on the internet, where can they, they do can't. That? I said this last time. If people want to find me on the internet, they shouldn't. What's the point? <laughs> www.gerthink.com is my website. Enya. Enya.
That's it, isn't it? Your website. That's my website. And what else you got? At Gerthink on Twitter, at Gerthink on Instagram. What do you want to follow you on Twitter for? Come on. I'm fucking hilarious. Oh, are you allowed to swear on your own podcast? I can do what I like. Why are you hilarious on it on Twitter? I mean, Just I don't, generally I'm, as a I'm human not being. Generally as a human being. Mm. Mm. Which one out of the two of us are the kids? <laughs> You, because you keep on asking them who's the funny one. <laughs> How dare you. Um, you can go to gerthink.bigcartel.com What's to that? buy my comics. Oh. Um, you can buy the Intercoursal Extension, which is an abstract haunted comic. You can buy Intercoursal 683, which is uh, a recreation of a British anthology comic. And you can buy some other stuff on there as well. Can also, you, buy a on there? you can buy that from Good Comics, uh, good underscore comics.com, I think. And it is good, so that's, that's good. It's the one thing I've made that you, which you like. I like all of your stuff. But you don't tell, uh, yeah, yeah. I do tell people, just not in your earshot. Yes. And I'm very proud of it, and I'd like it to do well. Today, I was talking about corridoring. Mm-hmm. And I told my colleague about the giant Alan Moore that's in our cupboard. Mm-hmm. And I talked about Man About Town. Mm-hmm. So I do promote you. Yeah. I just don't need to get a big head so I don't do it in earshot of you. Also, on from the 4th to the 7th of July... Oh God, we're still promoting you. Yes, we're still promoting me. It's part of the point oh, of the podcast. Go on, hurry up. I'll tell you what, I'll go and do this bit while I make you a coffee. You well, stay no, here. The coffee machine makes so much noise. Go on, just finish it, come on. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure you can last that long without yeah. saying something? You've not got any geography facts you just want to let slip no. just quickly? Come on, go. Uh, what's the name of that thing? That, I want to say dromedary, but it's not dromedary. The, the, the rocks that get dropped by glaciers, what are they called? Erratics? No, no, no. You got really excited about them in Scotland. You mean drumlins? Drumlins. They're not. They're not dropped. They're deposited, though, aren't they? Well, yeah, but they're not dropped. Well, they're not dropped from a height, but they're just like left behind. Well, kind of. They're kind of a working. What's the point of this? Where are you going? I don't know. Um, you, you were praying yourself shamelessly. Yeah, because I've got stuff which I want to promote. Go on then. So you said something about big cartel, and then you said something about. Good books. And that was as far as you got. Fourth to the eighth of something. Of July right. is the next Young Blood Initiative showcase. It's taking What's Young Blood Initiative? It's the art collective I'm part of. Yeah. Are you genuinely asking me or are you no, asking, I'm asking for the sake for the of the audience? Of okay, I'm never sure. Okay. <laughs> so the next Young Blood Initiative showcase will be happening. In Amsterdam, London, and Berlin are at you different going to times. Amsterdam or no, Berlin? I'm not. I'm just doing the London one. Okay. What are you doing in it? <laughs> I'm doing a, a series of uh, multimedia pieces called The Dust nice. Bows Forward and The Dust Bows Back, which is about. Um, the, dust, time. Just, the dust buster. The dust blows forward right. and the dust blows back, okay. which covers themes of repetition. Erosion, oh, and uh, memory, and the creation of work. Nice, and obviously ghosts. 
Of course. But that will be happening. Uh, I'll be sharing links on via social media. I drew a nice picture of a snake for the posters. I saw that. Yeah. And I don't like snakes. Did you like my picture of a snake? It was all right. Thank you. <laughs> High praise indeed. Thank you for getting this far in this episode of Alpha Podfly. Nobody has. Everybody has. They've switched off by now. Come on. I know that at least like one person will be listening. Tim, thank you very much. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> and I hope you'll join me again on another exciting episode <laughs> of Alpha Podfly. Goodbye.